If your life has devolved into what are we watching tonight, we have the fix. 52 Ways, a guide to better relationships. It'll have you laughing, cooking, exploring, and discovering new things about your partner that you never thought you'd find out. Whether you're just getting the wrapper off your relationship or celebrating your 23rd anniversary, you'll have a blast with Katherine Borkowski and 52 Ideas for Fun and Playful Entertainment. Join us each week right here on webtalkradio.net. Here's Catherine. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining me on 52 Ways to a Better Relationship. I'm your host, Catherine Borkowski, and this week I will be sharing with you more unusual and exciting date activities to enhance your new or budding relationship or to treat your lifelong partner into something that will kick aside the same old routines most fall into. In previous weeks, I have told you how much I love the Indiana Jones movies and how they influenced generations in the fascinating worlds of both anthropology and archaeology. One of the biggest draws of these movies is that they inspire the thrill of hunting for lost treasures. One of the reasons I bring up the thrill of the hunt is because dating and relationships also include a certain hunt and capture of one's partner. Both men and women are guilty of the hunting that occurs when dating. People play hard to get to make the hunt more exciting. And at the risk of knocking feminism back to the Stone Age, most like the scenarios of being chased or chasing and catching one's prize. Both physically and psycho psychologically, the quote-unquote hunt gets the adrenaline pumping and the environment that comes with the actual conquering of the quest and enjoying one's prize is encoded in our DNA. This is why Indiana Jones type dates are perfect for both the new and seasoned couple. When a stable couple has fallen into a rut, it can be a challenge to find ways to recapture that hunt and conquer feeling because in most minds it can seem as the game is over because you're in a long-term relationship. But the game isn't over because as anyone in a long-term relationship can tell you, there is a lot of work that goes into it and the game is not won. You have to keep finding new hunting activities for both you and your partner to experience, to recapture that lost adrenaline once again. And these activities that I'm sharing with you will help you become a joint team of hunters with a common prize as your goal. That adrenaline and excitement of the hunt, the talking and the communicating, and the thrill of the experience should have both of you ready for intimacy of both the emotional and physical kind. As we've spoken in past weeks, physical physical connection is really important with our men and emotional and thought-provoking is more preference of our women and these kind of activities meet both those requirements. If you choose to challenge each other or make a contest of the activity that also can make the hunt even more exhilarating. I love playing games with my husband and always having some kind of side bet going on to see who's going to be the champion. For example, you can have a, a side bet on whoever finds the biggest fossil or whoever finds the, 
nicest piece of nicest gem has to reward their partner with a kiss or a back grab or a prize of your own choosing. When the stakes are higher, the situation is even higher and the stimulation is higher. As a parent, this is how I get my kids involved in these kinds of activities also. I like to, as a parent, I like to make games out of everything. For example, when I took my 13-year-old son, Joel, fishing, we had a side bet on the fish caught and the most fish caught. If I won, my son had to weed the garden with me, and if he won, he got a new Xbox game that he's been wanting. Well, as my garden can attest, the fisherman of the day was my son. <laughs> but it was fun, and it was totally worth it, and he got the game he wanted, and maybe next week we'll get the garden done. <laughs> The activities I chose to research were ones I've always loved participating myself in myself at different points of my life. Every time I had the opportunity to engage in one of them, they implanted a momentous memory of sheer joy in that day's activity. These are moments that I remember all through my childhood and my adult years, and even my husband and I have gone on these dates as well. And over the years, I've been thrilled when I've gone searching and found these treasures, and it's made the day and the date even more memorable, which is the ultimate goal of our dating and relationship experience. My parenting style of making a game into anything is not attributed to Mary Poppins, although she probably gave my mom the idea. But my parents also enjoyed such activities, and always made a game out of everything for me and my brothers and sisters. And so when we would do things like hunting for um, American Indian artifacts or panning for gold or digging for fossils, we always had a game involved as well. And I can remember searching in rivers and riverbeds and lush fields and beaches for arrowheads, crystals, agates, shark teeth, and any kind of treasure that had been preserved and kept in the green fields and cool waterways. I even have some of these tokens still left after many years and little keepsake treasure boxes of my own. Another really firm memory in my mind is when my grandmother took me to the phosphate mines located in central Florida. She had been a uh, university professor at USF and had some friends who had a link to get us in there and it was seriously like we were on an Indiana Jones adventure. There was no one else around, and there were mounds and mounds and mounds for miles long of these huge phosphate hills. And we had to go digging through the dirt, we, and um, we had a guide. The guide took us to one mound and said we could dig there, and kind of left us to our own devices for a couple of hours and we dug through the dirt and we picked that way I found sharks teeth and centipedes and millipedes encrusted in the earth and plants and all kinds of fossils and the big find of the day was a woolly mammoth knee joint that I had found and uncovered and was I was like what is this weird looking rock and it turned out to be a mammoth knee joint as the guide who came back later to pick us up told me it was and so it was really cool that I got to experience these things as a child which makes me believe that it'll be equally fun for adults 
and why I put this in my book and why I encourage y'all to try to find places within your own state for y'all to explore and discover the treasures that are hidden. There are several places in every state across the country to participate in these kinds of activities if you know where to look. The first topic we're going to talk about is searching for Native American artifacts, but there are some important elements and guidelines that you should follow when you're out searching. The most important one is to search on property that is not legally protected by the government or the tribe. Under no circumstances am I telling you to start searching for or hunting on an American Indian reservation. This activity ensures that this is a whole is wholly unnecessary and completely prohibited. Don't go to the American Indian reservations. There's plenty of places in every state that you can search for. The reason for this is that Native Americans once lived everywhere across the country and had not been forced onto such lands. So seeking for their history is attainable without bothering the existing ones. Native Americans were known to live in areas that provided venues necessary for their survival. Like all people, they needed food, water, and shelter. And the common areas for ancient tribes to find these accommodations were close to sources of water. So for this activity, you're going to want to hit your riverbeds especially ones where two rivers or creeks might come together. Camps were always close to water sources, and other hunting sites include open fields and places of trade, so researchers state history for such places. I can remember one time my grandmother and I were having a picnic in a farmer's field in the middle of Huntsville, Alabama, and we're just sitting having a picnic, and I'm kind of digging through the dirt, as kids will do, and it came across this huge patch of different arrowheads. There were probably 10, 15 arrowheads all within the dirt that we just uncovered while sitting in some farmer's field having a picnic. So there's lots of places for you to go and find. In Florida, many sites have been found because of the coquina and shallop scale, I can't talk, scallop shell mounds found dispersed throughout the area. As we've come to learn, the scallop mounds were actually burial grounds, and the fossilized scallops marked usually a large burial site. Several bodies had been buried there. However, around the mounds were where the Native American tribes had once had a camp. So if you can find one of these campsites, you'll often find arrowheads, pottery, jewelry, stone tools, beads, and hammerheads. Um, I was lucky enough at one point um, in my adult, uh, probably 15 years ago, um, the University of South Florida was doing an archaeological dig um, close to the beaches and they had found an undiscovered mound and they were looking for volunteers to help excavate the site. So I actually got to be a archaeologist for the day and they showed me how to look for things and how to not mess up the situation and they um, uncovered a whole village had been living where this burial site had been so it was really cool that for the day I got to be a real archaeologist searching and finding all of these um, Native American tools and uh, par parcels of living um, 
the next thing that we're going to talk about is hunting for gems and gold and crystal. To find gems, gold, and crystals, you will also need to search out your local riverbeds. However, and you can pan and find fool's gold and pan for gold and pan for crystals and agates. I used to love diving in waters and finding the big rocks that had the that are agates that had the crystals inside. But if you don't know what you're looking for, I recommend that you go, you look through your state and find a gold gem finding tourist experience. Um, all along the Appalachian Trail from northern Georgia through South Carolina into North Carolina, you can find several tourist spots that um, the guide, they sell you a big bag of dirt and they show you how to pan through it and they have these water mills set up and you kind of pour a little bit of dirt in and you shake your pan and you uh, the bag is filled with a who knows what you never know what you're gonna get but there's gems and gold and crystal and as you sift through it the guide tells you um, what kind of stones you're finding what kind of crystals you're finding and this is a way that you can get true uncut crystals and gems and gold with the help and so you learn how to do it so you can do it on your own um, when my husband and I were dating we found one of these places in the Carolina mountains and in our family photo album we have pictures of that day because it made such a lasting impression on me that my husband found this creative way to have a daytime date to do with me and the fact that my hardcore military man had gone out of his way to find this date for us to do really touched my heart that was so sweet of him and that's another thing that we touched on before. It's the little things that make the biggest difference. To this day, knowing that my big marine man has thought of an activity that I would enjoy and then the two of us had fun sifting through the cold water and splashing each other and we found treasures and gems. The biggest gem of the day was falling in love with my husband while we were dating and that's what these activities are encouraging y'all to do. You never know what you might find, so there's that thrill that comes into the search. You hope your bag will contain something of real value, but sometimes it's not. It's just fun to sift through the stuff and find not so worth money, but have a bag of gems and gold that as a memory of that great day. Um, some places that I have personally been to and have had fun with my family is the Golden Gem Grubbin in Cleveland, Georgia, the Crisson Gold Mine in Dahlonega, Georgia, and Emerald Hollow Mine in Hidden Night, North Carolina. These three places are tourist spots, but I have been to them and I can recommend them. They'll show you how to do anything and they're great to do as a date or as a family. The next hunt that we can go looking for are fossil sites are all over. And if you do a Google search, it'll help you determine if there is one close to you. The ones that I have are ones that um, you can look up on the internet and get um, directions to. Like I said, I went to the phosphate mines in Central Florida, but there's also Big Brook and Freehold, New Jersey, Westmoreland State Park in Virginia, Caesar Creek State Park in Waynesville, Ohio, 
and um, the fluorescent fossil quarry in Colorado. These are places, again, that I've been through to do these kind of hunts, and they have guides. They'll help you go, and they'll help you search and, and help you discover what you're actually looking for and finding. You can find trilobites, insects, and the occasional bird and mammal bone, um, shark's teeth. I found a megalodon, which is a, a prehistoric shark's tooth, about two inches big, and I have it on a necklace. It's beautiful. Then these are all little treasures that I have found while out fossil hunting. Now that the weather is finally cooling some, it's also the perfect time to go outside and get dirty. Yes, these activities may get you wet, dusty, and or muddy, depending on where you go and what you do. I personally love getting dirty and messy. I don't mind dirt underneath my fingernails because I'm a creative kind of person and love doing anything that gets you messy. But others, others of you may not have the same kind of enjoyment out of getting dirty like I do. So as an alternative date with the same goal in mind of the hunt, um, I suggest to you picking your own fruit. And right now is a prime time Harvest time is a prime time to go vegetable and fruit picking in all the states across the country. Again, with a little research, you can find where those you-pick places are and specifically search you-pick fruit, you-pick vegetables, you-pick your own, and they will have a list for you, a current list that's available in your state. Um... In the south, here in Florida, every spring I go strawberry picking with my family. But in the fall time, with the harvest time, we have a different kind of crop. We have apples, pumpkins, berries. And I didn't know that you could, of course you can, but I didn't know this until my husband shared it with me, that you can go apple picking. Um, we were in New York, and that's where his family is from and he took me to an apple orchard that had rows and rows. I had never been to an apple orchard. Rows and rows of all these different kinds of apples and you could pick which kind of apple you liked and go down that row and pick the apples that you wanted to take home with you. And after climbing ladders and climbing through trees and getting the apples for a bu bushel or two, then you, we went back to the farmhouse and we drank warm apple cider and apple cake from the family that was hosting it. So sweet fruit, warm cider, and the close camaraderie shared between you and your partner will have love blossoming either at the beginning of a relationship or even for my seasoned lovers. Some of the best you, place picks, uh, you pick places that I have found include Blessington Farms in Semington, Texas. They have strawberries, blueberries, black, blackberries, and pumpkins. The Great Country Farms of Bluemont, Vermont. They have cherries, yum, it's cherry season now. Strawberries, black raspberries, blackberries, peaches, apples, and pumpkins. That is a great place. It's a 400-acre farm, and you can pick your own produce and your own vegetables, and you can just spend a day there having fun picking all your fresh produce. Another one that I haven't been to but I hear great things about is the Happy Valley Farms in DeSoto, Kansas. 
Um, they have gooseberries, which I have never tried before. Uh, so I would love to know what those taste like and go picking some gooseberries. Grapes, blueberries, and they also allow you to fill your own jar of honey from one of their resident beehives, which I think is pretty cool also. Um, the final place I recommend is the Southern Bell Farm in McDonough, Georgia. They've been there for eight generations. And so they've been there for a hundred, hundreds of years. And you can pick your blackberries, your blueberries, your peaches, strawberries, grapes, pumpkins. They have a wonderful fall festival with hay rides and a corn maze. So definitely if you're in the McDonough, Georgia area, hunt them out, search them out, and have a great date there. Now, at the end of the day, a day of hunting for the artifacts of all the types that I've mentioned can be hard, laborious, but rewarding work. You can't help getting overjoyed over the smallest find when it's your first time out in the field, down by a stream, or in the mines. You want every stone and rock to turn out to be precious, and when one does, yay, we celebrate, and you get this big pounding in your chest with glee, and that is what you want to experience in a relationship. You want that, yay, that excitement, that, that oh, overjoy feeling of finding something precious, because when you find someone you love and want to spend time with, that is something precious and something to be valued. At the end of the day, you want to keep that romantic energy level high. You're probably a little tired after all the excitement of the day's activities, so getting dressed up for din dinner or dining may not be high on the list of priorities. However, you're bound to be really hungry too. So the food that speaks to the soul of love is hearty and filling and also expresses love, in my opinion, is down-home southern comfort food. Now, anybody raised beneath the Mason-Dixon line already knows what I'm talking about. I figure a good bit of the rest of you too. Nothing says I love you more than your or get through your man's stomach than your mama's cooking. And without getting our parents involved, the second best substitute is southern food which, as many of you know, includes having that bacon grease as your flavoring or cast iron skillet cornbread. There is no other cornbread than cast iron skillet cornbread. Anybody that tells you or serves you something different, that's not the real thing. So you have to make sure it's cast iron skillet and bacon grease and sweet tea, all of the things we loved before the doctors told us it was bad for us. But there are some benefits. There are great hearty meats, fresh vegetables, warm breads, and sweet desserts. The food's considered comfort food because it's hearty, filling, mixed with love, a little bit of bacon grease, and it's going to be something you really crave after using all of that adrenaline up, picking fruit or fossil hunting or gem discovering. So you're going to want something really hearty. And traditional southern foods are the way to go. They include fried chicken or country fried chicken, and there is a difference. If you don't know the difference, 
seek out a southern restaurant and discover what's what country fried chicken or country fried steak is all about I promise you if you've never had it you will be it will be a treat for your taste buds we have meatloaf liver and onions ham and steak shrimp and grits is another thing a lot of people don't eat grits they don't even know what grits are and they think of it as solely a breakfast food but if you have never had shrimp and grits as a dinner as a main staple your mouth is missing something <laughs> it truly is it is a treat and I like my <clears throat> grits with a lot of butter and some cheese and bacon and scallions on top and the shrimp mixed in it is pure heaven those of you who have never had it don't knock it till you try it I promise you you won't be disappointed and then you have really rich and hearty vegetables like collard greens and fried okra and um, fried green tomatoes, green beans, sweet potatoes, coleslaw. And in the South, macaroni and cheese is considered a vegetable too because it's served with a lot of meals. If you can't find an alternative restaurant in your area that specifies Southern cooking, then we have Cracker Barrel which uh, is located on every other uh, highway exit and you can get a good substitute, a good attempt at southern cooking. Um, if you search the internet for southern food restaurants, search in your state because there are really hundreds that do exist. Some interesting places that I've come across and had the pleasure of eating at were Dogwood Southern Table and Bar in Charlotte, North Carolina. I declare in Dallas Fort Worth Texas the old pink house restaurant in Savannah Georgia which I will tell you that is a little bit of a fancier place but the menu is to die for and I even came across now my oldest daughter lives in New York and so looking for southern food in New York you'd think it would be impossible but I did find in Buffalo New York a chef who has cast iron skillet cornbread as proof they need to try you need to try toutant t-o-u-t-a-n-t in buffalo new york they have a true southern louisiana style almost comfort food menu that is to die for and that brings us to the end of our show once again i thank you for joining me I would love to hear about your dates and how things are going with you and your relationship. You can reach me and email me at author.52dates at gmail.com. And I have um, my latest edition of 52 Dates One Year Together is available on Amazon. And I hope to hear from you, and I will see you all and talk to you all next week. Have a great day. Bye-bye.